Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everyone? Thank you for checking out The Incline today, powered by Dodgers Lowdown. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at Dodgers Lowdown. I'm your host, Kevin Klein, and you can follow me on Twitter at Klein25. It's Friday, September 6th. We're recording the night before, but I'm joined by a guest today. His name's David Rosenthal, also of Dodgers Lowdown. Welcome to the show, David. How's it going? Thanks, Kevin. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, as he said, my name's David Rosenthal. I'm uh, at underscore the real D Rose on Twitter. Uh, happy to be here to talk some Dodgers and uh, try to make some sense of what's been going on with our pitching staff lately. Uh, so we'll get into that in a minute. I'll uh, I'll let you get us started. All right. Well, the Dodgers right now best record in the National League. The usual 92 and 50 on the season. 
currently in a battle with the New York Yankees and Houston Astros for home field advantage. Dodgers about half a game, a game behind both those teams, it seems. Currently got a nice cushion on the Atlanta Braves, four to five games ahead, depending on the outcome of that Atlanta game against the Nationals later. But let's dive into things right now. Hot topic. It's got to be Hunjin Ryu. What's up with Ryu, David? Yeah, he's he's been struggling. His uh, his last three starts, he hasn't been able to get through five innings. Uh, you know, he's gone four four and a third for seven runs, four and two thirds for seven runs, and four and one third for three runs just uh, yesterday against uh, Colorado. Uh, this is a guy who was the lock for Cy Young, and uh, he just he just has fallen off the wagon a little bit. Uh, you know, it all started uh, against the Braves. Uh, he went four, uh, five and two thirds innings, gave up four runs on the 17th of August, and uh, that was the uh, only the second time all year he'd given up uh, more than two runs. And ever since then, it's been seven, seven, three. Uh, you know, to me, he looks like a guy who could use some rest. You know, he's a guy who doesn't throw bullpens in between starts. Uh, you know, he hasn't thrown this many innings in in I, I think it's three or four years. Uh, and to me, I, I think they just need to give him some rest, you know. I, I they, they need him in the playoffs, and I, I don't see how a, you know, a, a skip through the rotation would possibly hurt this guy. Yes, absolutely. If we want to get technical here, it's been five years now. 2014 was peak Ryu until the 2019 Ryu we've been seeing. At this point, the Cy Young, you can forget about it. He ain't going to win it. In the month of August, he has a he had a 7.48 ERA. Right now in September, he's currently posing a 6.23 average ERA in that month. It's only been one start, but over his last four starts, he has a 9.95 ERA. Ryu is now 12 and five on the season, 2.45 ERA. At one point, he was flirting with the low ones. That's over. If I was running this team right now, I would skip two starts minimum because he looks completely fatigued out there. And the most important Ryu we need is for the playoffs. The rest of these games down the line, they're pretty meaningless. Dodgers going to the playoffs. Let's move on. Let's talk about Alex Verdugo. He had another setback, it appears. What's going on with Verdugo? You know the knowledge. He did. He uh, So he was rehabbing with uh, the Ogden Raptors, and uh, he was pulled uh, from that for back soreness. Uh, you know, originally the injury was uh, to his oblique, and oblique injuries are nasty. You know, they they linger. They're, they're just messy. And, uh, you know, the back soreness, that's honestly, it's a positive because it's, it's not the oblique. Uh, you know, this is a guy who, you know, we still got a month. He can get right from back soreness, no problem. If, if he has another flare-up with the oblique, then it's something to really worry about. And to me, Verdugo, is he's the key to this Dodgers offense because he offers uh, contact and the ability to hit for contact and power. You know, I'll, I'll throw some stats out there. Uh, you know, he's hitting 294 on the season, 342 on base, 475 slugging. Uh, 309 batting average on balls in play. Uh, but the most important stats for me regarding Verdugo uh, are with two outs, he's hitting 309 with 16 RBIs. And with runners in scoring position, he's hitting 286 with 31 RBIs. You know, the last two World Series are where the Dodgers really struggled with uh, runners in scoring position. 
And I don't think Verdugo feels a pressure in that situation. I think he's a guy who puts the ball in play and, and, and sees what happens. You know, in, in today's day and age where everyone's striking out or hitting home runs, he's, he's a guy who the Dodgers have been missing for two years. He's a bit old school. You know, he hits the ball on the ground, line drive, in the air, everything. And uh, they can really use this guy back. And, and luckily, you know, as I said, it's, it's not the oblique, at least what, that's what they're telling us. So hopefully he just, you know, gets a, maybe a massage or two, does some cryotherapy, and he'll be back in a week, maybe two. Absolutely. From spring training, I knew this was going to be a breakout season for Verdugo. I had to fight a lot of people online not to trade him for Rio Muto or Corey Kluber, etc. I had him projected to hit around 280, and I believed he was going to be a big catalyst for this offense. And I think we saw that in these recent slumps against the Diamondbacks and that loss against the Padres where you can just count on Verdugo to make consistent contact. He's not going to strike out a lot. Even if he's not getting hits, he's putting the ball in play and he could be one of those X factors come playoffs. So we're really hoping that he's in the lineup come October because he's the type of guy that is going to work the count and, you know, be a big reason why these pitchers for the Braves, the Cubs, whoever the Dodgers face don't go the five innings. Max Muncy, sorry, yeah, Max Muncy. Yeah, I agree with. Yeah, we both are on the same page there. Max Muncy. It appears he's been progressing. He could be back in the lineup in about a late in a week or two. It seems. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, he's another big bat, and we want him in the lineup. Uh, what do you think about Muncy and his progression? Yeah, Muncy seems to be coming along nicely. You know, he's got the brace off. You know, they just posted a picture of him holding his dog. So, I mean, he's the wrist seems to be holding up fine. Uh, you know, I, I, same thing with Verdugo. I, I wouldn't want to rush Muncy back. You know, we got basically a, a, a little less than a month left before the playoffs. We avoided a serious, uh, you know, fracture. Like, it's, it's significantly, well, they say it's significantly better than the Chris Taylor injury. Uh, but obviously, you know, Muncy in the lineup makes the Dodgers that much better. Uh, you know, he was one of the guys who performed well in the World Series. Uh, you know, he's another guy who works the count and is just his versatility play first or second is huge. And uh, they need his they need his power bat in the lineup come September, October and hopefully November. Absolutely. And then the other big injury is nearing a return. Rich Hill. He's been out for months now. Dave Roberts flirted with the idea that he could be making an appearance out of the bullpen in less than a week, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to go two innings, and I still believe that they want Rich Hill to be that game four starter, although it looks like they do have a backup plan now. We just saw Julio Urias make a start against the Rockies. you thinking um, Urias might be that fallback option as an opener slash starter, or we go on Rich Hill? He definitely could be, but the guy you, you didn't mention is Tony Gonsolin. Um, you know, he's shown he can handle five innings, no problem. Uh, you know, I I don't know if there's enough time for Rich Hill to get back to starter form. Uh, I could see him being what Ross Stripling was last year out of the bullpen, kind of long relief. Maybe, you know, if a starter gets gets hit or, you know, throws a lot of pitches, he could come in for a couple innings. I do think they like Arias out of the bullpen. Uh, but if there is, you know, if there's one guy who can come back 
you know, guns blazing, it is Rich Hill. Uh, so I would I would assume that the fourth starter position slot is between Hill and Gonsolin at this point. You don't know what's going on with May, but I think Gonsolin separated himself from May at this point. Absolutely. And I did snub Tony Gonsolin. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. I kind of have this general idea where they might do a Rich Hill Gonsolin power day. Where if Hill goes four, they might yeah. do Gonsolin three the same outing. Yeah, I could see that. And I kind of have this feeling where they'd rather start the game with Hill than end it. But obviously, it's all speculation at this point. Yeah, I I I still don't understand why there aren't they aren't using Arias in a type of in a Josh Hader type of role. Uh, obviously, the suspension kind of threw a little wrench in that. But he's you know. He has that potential to be, come in, you know, gas it up for an inning every, you know, every other day and, and just lock lock people down. I I think that's his best suited role. Obviously, next year he's going to be in the, in the starting rotation. But I think for this team, I, I would love to see Arias come in every other day and, and gas it up and see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I think he's very effective in that late inning relief role where he's basically a multi-inning setup man as the Josh Hader type of comparison, as you said, I think that would be the more wise approach to go just because it seems like you're more often to lose games um, in the later innings as opposed to the start of the game. And the suspension definitely threw a wrench in that plan. They already, I think they already announced Urias is going to start the next time it's his turn in the rotation, although that could change. Um, While we're on the... Oh, we got one more guy to talk about. Gavin Lux. Can't forget him. Just got called up Monday. Um, he might, although we still have a lot a lot of baseball left, about 20 games. What if Gavin Lux makes the postseason roster? Is this possible? I think it is. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. He's got to prove himself. Uh, you know, obviously he started off hot with a, I think it was a two-hit game and a walk. Uh, but... You know, he's got a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, as right now, uh, the hitters that are, you know, up for up for debate are, you know, you're going to carry two catchers, Smith and Martin, presumably. You got Bellinger, Freeze, Muncie, and then you got Hernandez, uh, Taylor, Seeger, Turner, Pollock, Jock, Verdugo, and Beatty. Yes. Uh, and that would be those 13 hitters would make up the roster. So Lux would have to take one of those guys' spots. I would assume it would be for Beatty because uh, I don't think they will take off Kike or they won't take off Taylor. So Kike would probably be the only other guy that they would even consider. Uh, so Lux definitely has his work cut out for him. But yes, it's, it's definitely possible. He's just going to have to do a lot in a little time. Definitely. Yeah, I mean... I don't even have Lux making it if the postseason were to start tomorrow. He still has to prove that he can hit in the major league level. And then the other question, obviously, is are the Dodgers going to carry 13 hitters or are they going to end up going 12 and carry 13 pitchers instead? Because it appears we have this battle right now between Jock Peterson and Matt Beatty where I know a lot of fans were excited. Jock went like six for his last six with four home runs, whatever it was. But let's take a step back and realize what it came off of. came off the trash 
Colorado Rockies pitching, while Matt Beatty has been consistently hitting, it doesn't matter the talent, he's been hitting good pitchers, he's been getting those clutch ninth inning hits. There's just a really tough call right now between Peterson and Beatty, and I think they would still lean Peterson. What about you? Yeah, I think they have to go Peterson. I, I mean, I personally, I think they're going to carry 13, so I don't think it's going to have to be an issue. I think the real question is, is Verdugo going to be healthy enough? Yeah. And is Lux going to do what he needs to do to make the roster? Uh, you know, Peterson, you know, he was 1 for 12 in the World Series last year. Uh, you know, he's had some good postseason series. In 2017, he was 6 of 18 in the World Series. So I think that experience alone will give him the edge off of, let's say, Beatty or Lux or anyone on that caliber. Totally. And, I mean, one thing to consider is if the Dodgers and Cubs were to play in the first round, the Cubs have a lot of left-handed pitching. Yeah, do. That's going to neutralize Peterson big time. And then if you even go further than that, come World Series, I guess Jock Peterson would have to hope we're facing the Astros just because they're such a right-handed heavy staff as opposed to the Yankees where, you know, I don't know if Bathy would actually start a World Series, but by going Paxton, Sabathy back-to-back days, you know, Jock wasn't in the lineup and they J-Hap, so these are just things to consider. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll be considered. Hopefully they even have to consider it. Yeah, so we talked about the hitting. Now we got to talk about the pitching. I have 12 pitchers, as do you. And right now my guys are Clayton Kershaw, Ryu, Bueller, Hill, Urias, Gonsolin, Jansen. It's a whole other story. Kelly, yeah. Baez, Maeda, Kaleric, and I just promoted Sadler over Yimi, which means I'm snubbing Garcia, Stripling, Dustin May, and Ferguson. Of those four guys snubbed, do you have any disagreements? As of right now, no. I'm I'm on the same page as you pretty much exactly. I don't know what Hill's going to be able to do, uh, so that would be my question mark. Uh, I, I don't Yimmy Garcia gives up too many home runs. I think it's 15 on the year and 50-something innings. You know, he's good when he's not giving up home runs, but, you know, in the postseason when, when you're a reliever, you can't be, you can't be doing that. And that, for that alone is, has took him off my roster. Uh, Stripling, uh, if you're going to carry Hill, you're almost certainly not going to carry Stripling. And uh, we don't know what's going on with May. We don't know. You know, he hasn't pitched great out of the bullpen. Uh, you know, starting, he's been good. Uh, until he gets to the sixth inning. And Ferguson's been good. You know, his last, uh, since August 20th, he's pitched 10 innings, given up one run, 11 strikeouts, three hits, and only two walks. So he's pitching like a guy who wants to be on the roster. But with Kolarik and Arias, uh, you know, as locks, uh, I don't know if they have a spot for him. That's the same dilemma I've been facing. And it's really weird when you're subbing guys like, Stripling and Ferguson as of late. I I feel like Dustin May, as even though he's become a fan favorite, he's kind of pitched his way off the postseason roster. He's just a very young kid, still needs a lot of development. And then Yumi Garcia, giving up all those home runs like you mentioned. The weird stat with him is though, um, of the 50 something innings he's pitched, I think he's only 
allowed like 38 hits or something along those lines. So there are about 20 innings where he does go perfect, but that boomer bust is just too unpredictable. Yeah, it's a wild card. You know, it's I could see him. You know, I, I forget it was it was might have been Mitch Moreland who hit that home run off Ryan Madsen in Game Four, I believe. And I, I can just see Yemi Garcia doing something like that. And it just it's not a it's not a pretty sight. Yeah, I, I don't want to think about that game again. That was yeah. a really bad night for me. Um, while we're on the subject of playoffs, there's two teams really gunning for, for that wild card slot. It's looking like it's going to be between the Washington Nationals hosting the Chicago Cubs. I mean, it could change, obviously, but pick a team that you would prefer to face. For me, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's the Cubs. Uh, you know, we've beaten the Cubs before in the playoffs. Uh, yes, we've beaten the Nationals, but we haven't beaten the Nationals with Patrick Corbin. Uh, I do not want to run into that three-headed monster of Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. Uh, Scherzer likely pitched the wild card game, so we wouldn't get him for game one and probably only one game in the series. But nonetheless, the Nationals are the hottest team right now, and I'm not too concerned about the Cubs. You know, Kyle Hendricks is solid. Uh, Hamels would give us problems with a left-hander, as would Quintana and possibly Lester. And then there's that other guy, uh, he who shall not be named, uh, formerly of the Dodgers, formerly of Game 7 2017 <laughs> World Series. Uh, and I would love, Don't forget love game three. to face him. And Game 3, of course. I would love to face him and beat him maybe twice. Uh, so I think the Nationals are a scary team right now, and the Cubs not too concerned about oh, oh man boy do we have a big disagreement here first of <laughs> all you make some good points so it could i mean it's 50 50 they're both really good teams but reason number one why i'd rather um face the washington nationals is lack of postseason experience from their hitting core overall i mean juan soto hasn't been there um Trey Turner he had like one series I believe maybe two but they lost Harper Adam Eden doesn't scare me I know Rendon's having a dark horse MVP type of season but I think he's beatable you you mentioned you Darvish I thought the Dodgers were going to absolutely destroy him and and what did he do he struck out what 10 Dodgers at Dodger Stadium they have Cole Hamels one of the most clutch postseason pitchers of all time john lester um another postseason legend i don't want to face him quintana he can neutralize some dodgers as well they have joe madden as their manager anytime joe madden is managing the cubs in a playoff series you can't that's like an x factor you can't sleep on joe madden I'm not a Joe Madden guy. You know, he he needs to prove to everyone how smart he is. You know, he he'll do stuff just just to just to show the world how smart he is. And you know, I, I'm not buying Joe Madden on the Rays. Maybe Joe Madden three years ago, sure. But I, I'm not I'm not on the Joe Madden hype train. I'm not scared of him. I'm not scared of Darvish. Uh, you know, Kike Hernandez hit what four or five home runs against them in the NLCS that one year. I say That's bring on the Cubs. Yeah, sorry, I kind of like went all over the place with my thoughts. Cause, but back to the Cubs, 
I didn't even start about their offense yet. They acquired Nick Castellanos from the Detroit Tigers. He's been smashing left-handed pitching all season long. He's been an under-the-radar trade deadline pickup. Very concerned about him. He's a really good bat. And around 23 home runs, he's been on fire. Half. Um, Chris Bryant, great right-handed bat as well. And then, of course, Javier Baez, who always destroys the Dodgers. Regular season, postseason, it, it never fails. This Cubs team won a championship in 2016. And I got to think they're ready to put it all together in 2019. Once again, being that spoiler for the Dodgers, I think they have a better bullpen as well. I mean, the Nationals had the worst bullpen in baseball until they made a few deadline pickups. But Daniel Hudson doesn't scare me whatsoever. Hunter Strickland, that guy's a joke. Sean Doolittle, fine. He's a good closer. But if we have the lead, we don't have to worry about him. And then I do like the idea that Max Scherzer gets burned in the wild card game. So, yeah. No, he would. So he would have to worry about Patrick Corbin and um, Strasburg. But I honestly think the Dodgers would have a better time beating the Nationals than the Cubs. That's just my opinion. That's fair. Totally fair. I'm just not scared of the Cubs and Darvish. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Darvish is hurt, so maybe that comes back to help the Dodgers. Castellanos is tearing it up, though. I'll I'll give you that. But, yeah, I guess we're on different sides here, but I'd rather take the Nationals. It's definitely going to be one of them. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the Nationals did sweep the Cubs last month, so that is something to keep track of. Maybe the Nationals have the Cubs number. We'll see. We will. All right, it's time to jump segments now. It's one of my favorite new segments I've done. It's Bad Tweets. First tweet, looks like this is a Braves fan, and he tweets, the Braves have a better overall pitching staff than the Dodgers. Pretty embarrassing in my opinion. I don't know how (laughs) anyone could come up with that conclusion. Dodgers have the number one team ERA in baseball, while the Braves, they're somewhere in the middle. Uh, Do you agree with this guy? I do not agree with this guy. Uh, you know, I like Max Fried and I like Mike Soroka. Uh, Julio Tehran, nothing to write home about. Dallas Keuchel, nothing to write home about. Their bullpen, you know, they made a lot of acquisitions at the deadline. Green's been solid. Melanson's been solid. Uh, but overall, you know, with our top three starters and, and Kelly and, ba- and Baez coming out of the pen, I'll take us 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, for sure. The next tweet comes from an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. This is kind of the epitome of their fan base, so I wanted to read this one. I don't care how many games back we are in the NL West. Beating the Dodgers is all that matters. Lol. I mean, 
<laughs> if this doesn't describe what their fan base is like, then I don't know what is. I don't know how this rivalry from the Diamondbacks perspective blew up, but it's gotten way too out of proportion. There's no rivalry. It's just that they play in the same division and Diamondbacks fans have become very hostile towards the Dodgers and I just don't know why. What, you mean all three of them? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't consider them, you know, a, a strong fan base. You know, there's been talks of relocating. You know, they haven't been able to fill the stadium. Yes, they've sold, you know, they've sold a lot of their guys. They, they traded Goldschmidt and, and Grinky, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, if you're a loyal fan base, you, you go to the games and, uh, you know, they just set their attendance records against who else but the Dodgers. And, you know, if you saw the images from that stadium, it was at least, at least 60% Dodger fans, maybe more. Uh, so I don't, I don't, you know, consider them a, a, you know, a legitimate threat in this division any for any years to come. I agree. And then this last tweet, we went back a little in time, pulling out an old, an old take, but it goes, Giants get great value with Jeff Samarja signing. We flash forward, this was on 2015 off-season time, Samarja signs a five-year $90 million contract with the Giants, and in year one, he goes 12-11, and 11, 381 ERA, not too bad. 2017, he goes 9 and 15, leads the National League with those 15 losses, 442 ERA. 2018, pitches 10 games, goes 1 and 5, 625 ERA, and he's 9 and 11 this season with a 361 ERA. And most importantly, his one postseason outing in 2016 against the Cubs, he got the loss. He went two innings, allowing four runs on six hits. Not looking like the Samarja signing worked out for those Giants. No, I, I'd consider that not a good signing. And they're on the hook for him, I believe, one more year for $18 million. Yes. So good luck, San Francisco. Uh, they got to throw someone out there. Huh. Yeah, it's looking like... I remember they were talking up Samarja and Cueto signings. Neither of them really panned out. And that's where we go to our next and final segment. We got a series coming up starting with the Giants Friday night featuring, as for mentioned, Jeff Samarja. And he'll be taking on Clayton Kershaw, 13 and 4, 296 ERA, 165 strikeouts. What do you expect to see in this matchup? Uh, you know, Clayton's been Clayton's been real solid all year. Obviously, his last outing wasn't his best, uh, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I just wrote an article on how all, it was 65% of his runs this year have been given up via the home run. Uh, and he has a 1.05 ERA if you take out all 23 home runs, which obviously you can't do. Yeah. But, the, the, you know, in, in summary, you know, when he's not giving up home runs, he's been vintage Clayton Kershaw. So if, he's, if he can keep the ball in the park or at least limit it to, you know, a couple solo home runs, they'll take that game. And, you know, luckily, uh, you know, you read the probables. There's not one of them as a left-hander. And, you know, Giants left-handers have plagued the Dodgers for years and years. You know, luck, I don't know why they got rid of Ty Block. That dude killed the Dodgers. 
So uh, this should be a good series. Yeah. Um, I Well, the tie block thing, I think the Dodgers broke him because the first time they faced him this season, I believe they torched him for seven runs. And I believe the last time they faced block in 2018, they torched him as well. So maybe block. Oh, well, we got, finally got to him. We got block to go on the block. <laughs> Very Kershaw. Well Clayton Kershaw, 23 and 11, lifetime against the Giants, and this season he's one and one with a 129 ERA. The next game features their rookie right-hander Tyler Beatty, three and nine, 561 ERA, and he'll take on Tony Gonsolin for now. He's two and one with a 289 ERA. Battle of some rookies right here. Do you remember what happened the last time Beatty faced the Dodgers? I do not. Enlighten me can't remember if it was a road or home start, but I believe he went six shutout innings against them. Well, hopefully that 5.61 ERA comes to fruition. You know, it's there's no, there's no secret that the Dodgers struggle against pretty much any Giants pitcher. Uh, but, you know, they're, the bats are coming alive. They scored 17 a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Gonsolin, Cat Daddy himself, I believe, yeah. will be pitching on Saturday, so make that a Catter Day. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I see this This as being Dodgers going 2-0 and so far before we get to this third game. Definitely. Tyler Beatty, on the road, he is pretty bad. He has an 8-10 ERA in his last four road games. He's 0-3 in his last eight starts. And I think Jock Peterson and Bellinger are going to take him deep. That's just my call there. The final game features the son of Yvonne Rodriguez. It's Derek Rodriguez, 5-8 and eight with a 5-1-5 ERA. And he'll take on Walker Bueller coming off a pretty bad start, 12-3 and three with a 3-28 ERA. Yeah, last time Bueller pitched against the Giants, he went seven innings, no runs, nine strikeouts, and only 91 pitches. Uh, they won the game 1-0. Uh, so, you know, Bueller's, you know, not his best outing uh, last time last time out against Colorado. Uh, but before that start, he went six innings, no runs, 11 Ks, and seven innings, no runs, 8 Ks. Uh, so look for Walker to right the ship here and to bring out the brooms against San Francisco. I think the Dodgers are going to sweep the Giants as well. I think this is the series that Cody Bellinger goes absolutely bonkers, and he'll take the lead back in home runs. I think he's going to flirt with 46 or 47. I really do. Um, We didn't mention Kenta Maeda because he's officially been moved to the bullpen, so we'll see how that transpires moving forward. Mm -hmm. If there's one hitter you really like, from either side of things, who are you going with? Uh, for this series, I'm gonna take. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take Gavin Lux here. You know, I think he's gonna settle in. You know, Robert said he's gonna get the looks against the right-handed pitchers. You know, you've got three right-handers coming up here. I would assume that means at least two starts for Lux. And you know, I've been a huge Lux fan all year. He's been t- tore up the minors. Uh, as you know, as we listed, you know these pitchers aren't phenomenal. All of them have ERAs. Two of them have ERAs over five, and then there's Samarja, who's you know struggled for years. 
Uh, so I'm going Lux here. I'm going. I'm saying Lux hits his first major league home run and goes 500 for the series. I like it. I think for the Giants, Kevin Pilar and Mike Yamstrensky are the two guys I'm keeping my eye out on. And then I just mentioned Cody Bellinger. I also think um, Will Smith will start to get it going as well. Yeah, he's been in a funk for sure. I think he's uh, hitting under 200 for the last two weeks, so it's about time for him to get it going. Yes. That's pretty much it. Giants, they're kind of a joke. They thought they were going to make a wild card. They didn't sell up the deadline like they should have, and they're paying the consequence going 67-73 and 73 right now. Don't have any other good things to say about them because they are the Giants after all, and they're the enemy. After this series, the Dodgers will go on to Baltimore, but we'll talk about that next week because I have a lot to dive in on that exciting Camden Yards matchup. And last thing on that series, let's all remember that the Giants, Derek Holland, who's currently not on the Giants anymore, vowed in March that the Dodgers won't win the NL West in 2019. Well, Derek, don't take up philosophy, my man. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I like that call, or I like that throwback, because that was on my mind earlier today as well. Derek Holland, you suck. All right, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Incline. Make sure to follow Dodgers Lowdown on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, at Klein25, and follow David as well. We'll all be tagged in the description, the social media posts, all that. So follow all of us. Read our post. Thank you for joining the show today. David, do you have any other final thoughts? No, thank you. I think we covered a lot. It's good to be on the podcast, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. All right. Awesome. Everyone have a great weekend ahead. Kevin Klein out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.